Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, what's going on? No Bad Dog Army. Happy Monday. Hope you guys had a good Easter, a good uh, holiday weekend anyway. Today is a great episode with a dog owner struggling with not only one, not only two, but three different dogs. She has two Rottweilers and a German Shepherd and a Siberian Husky puppy on the way. So as you guys right now are probably listening, you're like, whoa, boy, rolling your eyes and trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Well, this is a good, this is like the best client to work with. This is like the best type of dog owner that I can work with is they are completely just like, hey, I'm... I'm crazy, but I need to figure this out. What can I do to get better? And um, aren't we all? So this is a good podcast. It kind of unrolls. uh, The coffee hits halfway through, so it unrolls and then speeds up, uh, probably for you guys listening anyway. So anyway, she's going over dogs that are fighting and dogs that are out of control, and she knows that she's at fault. And so this is how to rebuild your relationship. This is also the reason why a lot of dogs get put down and the reason why dogs get rehomed and the reason why dogs end up the way that they do. And so it's a, it's just a good podcast and it kind of unrolls a lot of different things um, and peels off a lot of different layers. And it's just a normal dog owner trying to just be a great dog owner, loves dogs, but she knows that she's loving them too much and she's set herself up for failure and she's trying to get out of it. So I think it's going to be great for you guys to listen. And um, there's some things in here that I haven't said before that kind of came out naturally that I think you'll find really helpful. So is, is this Tom? This is go ahead. So you have the two year old Roddy is the one what he he's been in training since he was seven weeks old. I, I did, you know, puppy preschool and the whole bit. And then he went in when he was three months old for a boarding, a two week boarding training session. Yep. When, he was, when, he, when he was three months. Yes. Okay. And when he came out, he was a very fearful dog. And um, he he actually has been in training ever since then. You know, we found um, a different trainer and have worked with him. He um, is excellent as far as being leash trained. Um, he does his heel. He does all of his commands. Um, 
And his problem is aggression. Mm-hmm. And um, to the point that the vet said that he's the most dangerous dog she has in the practice, which is not a good thing. Right. And he um, frequently, uh, and I'd say daily, growls at my husband. He He's very, very protective. And um, he, I, I don't know why he growls at my husband, except he always does it. If my husband approaches me and I'm right next to the dog. Fritz has never been aggressive toward me. Um, but he definitely has with with my husband. And we recently found out that um, he he gets aggressive if we or if my husband um, tries to correct my, the nine month old pup Rottweiler's puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, he just goes nuts. Also, one of the problems I have is if anybody comes to the front door, he goes what I call Cujo on them. <laughs> I mean, he just goes insane. And, you know, I'm not quite sure how to solve that. I just ordered a um, an e-collar for him. And I, I had some questions about that and also about the prong collar. Okay. Um, the prong collar I have is obviously not the one that you recommend. It's the one you recommended began with an H. Well, Herm Springer makes the prong collar that I recommend, but the prong okay, collar what, is just what's the, the name of it? Herm Springer. Herm Springer. Yeah, it's a German. It's a German company that makes all sorts of different equipment for okay. all sorts of. They make boating equipment, horse equipment dog training equipment and Herm Springer is just the company. The prong collar is the product. Yeah. Well, and, and I got that from your video. So which and one do you have then? I have one from pet people and it has no, um, quick release or anything else on it. Hmm. Okay. Um, so obviously I need, cause you had told one of your clients that, they needed to have a prong collar on the dog, you know, at all times when he's awake or she, um, and that that's to be used also with the e-collar, correct? Uh, I don't think so. So I, I don't typically tell people to leave the prong collar on all the time, just when you're training, because it's just a training collar for the leash. So whenever the leash is going to be on... And you're going to be using the prong collar with the leash. That's when it should be on. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I don't. So if I'm using the e collar, mm-hmm. I don't need to have the prong collar. You can. They're two different things, though. the The leash is going to be attached to your prong collar for handling outside or inside, and then right. your e collar is a completely separate off leash tool. So it would be okay. the difference between a ladder and a screwdriver. They're both tools for two different jobs. Okay. And um, as far as the e-collar, one of the videos I watched with you, you use a pulse, right? Yeah, there's a continuous uh, function on the remote collar, yes. 
and it, it's not actually shocking. It's just doing a buzz, right? No, it's it's a stimulation. So you have to define shocking. So shocking typically to most people is correcting the dog where they have high intensity levels where the dog hates it and it's shocking to them. Uh, I don't yeah. like using that word because I use it on dogs all the time and it doesn't shock them at all. Um, okay. It, it, it's, it's called e-collar stimulation. Okay. And, and I, I think that's wonderful. I have mm -hmm. no problem with that. We have five acres of woods here. Mm -hmm. So we need to have um, control over, you know, where the dogs go. Yeah, for sure. And um, the e-collar is, is perfect for that. Yeah, definitely. But what do I do about the front door situation? So the front door situation is, is a lot of different variables. So you have three different dogs. Are all of them going crazy at the door or just Fritz? <laughs> Excuse me. Fritz is, and now the puppy, Teddy, is following suit. Right. So you got to, what type of obedience control do you have over on Fritz? Um, <laughs> not a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, so I've got to get another prong collar, and I haven't put, I just got the e collar. Yeah. So I've got to start working with him with the e-collar. Yeah. Well, the e-collar, yeah. So y your obedience has to be good first because this isn't just going to go away. Right. So you have, to, you have to do obedience to counter this behavior. So without good obedience, you're not going to be able to get to that point. So you have to go back to the very basics in the beginning of handling your dog. Because right now you don't, have a you don't have good communication with your dog. So if you can't okay. ask your dog to do different things, or if you can't get your dog to do different things for you and with you, then you're not going to be able to do anything with the dog. It doesn't matter if you want them to come back. It doesn't matter if you want them to stop barking. It doesn't matter if you want them to start pulling. You don't have any obedience or communication with the dog yet. So that's where you have to start. Okay, well, he is extremely obedient on the leash mm -hmm. with his commands. So should I keep him on a leash? Yeah, in the beginning. What what type of uh, commands are you doing? I do um, sit, stay, down. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I, I can walk around holding the leash loosely without him moving. Um, he, he'll... Um, go into a heel and then sit if I stop. Um, he's, he's just very, very obedient on the leash. Okay. Now, what do you want? So say somebody comes into the house, right? Somebody knocks on the door. What do you want him to do? I want him to lay down and not act like he's going to eat him. Okay. And so he's barking, lunging, Freaking oh, out. Oh, yeah. And full fangs and, yeah. Okay. So when you say you want him to stop, I'm trying to get granule on you and try to figure out exactly what you want him to do. So when he's reacting the way that he does, yeah. what exactly, other than 
stop trying to eat the person, what do you want him to do? I want him to go to place and not react. Okay. Does he have a place command? No. Okay. So that's the first part you're going to start working on. Okay. Right? So somebody comes to the door, and this is why I'm walking through this with you, is somebody comes to the door, yeah. and you know he gets reactive. He's a Rottweiler getting reactive, right? And then the other dogs start to, excuse me, chime in a little bit, right? Yeah. And then you got... So you got the other dogs starting to go off, he's going off, and then you want him to do something he doesn't know. So that's the first thing you got to start working on is you have to ask yourself, what do I want Fritz to do? If I want him to go do something, regardless of if it's a place or it's a downstay or it's a leave it or whatever, or you know whatever you want your dog to do, and really in any circumstance, you have to really ask yourself and audit yourself how much does your dog know that particular thing? Yeah. Right? So if they don't know that particular thing that well, then A, you're never going to be successful, and B, you're always going to be kind of frustrated with what's going on. So you have to teach him how to place first at a very, 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 very introductory level, which means okay. – Nobody else in the room, nothing going on. It's you, it's him, it's a it's a place command, and it's a reward. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go through and teach him how to place for three to four days, you know, on and off, you know, throughout the day. Okay. And that's How what, long should I do the place for? Uh, like, how long should he stay, you mean? Yes. Well, I think it's a good question. It it depends if you want to keep breaking it down it's it really depends on when you break the dog so whenever i particularly work with a dog i teach mm -hmm. them any behavior i teach them i also pair with a break so the dog understands what break is so if okay. i say heal and then i say break so break is you don't have to do it anymore break is be a dog you can go in your break or okay downstay and then break all those things are all things that you can do but basically the answer is, is it's on your terms. If you want the dog to, okay. to stay there for as long as you want, whatever. But in the beginning, you got to think, you got to go very micro. You have to go very small steps and then work your way sure. up. So that, but that's up, that's up to you. You have to start building that. That, that makes perfect sense. And is it always the same place um, at all the time? No, it, it doesn't have to be the same place. It can be, anything really that's just different than the ground so you can you can use anything i always like to teach dogs how to place on several different things so you could, okay. you could teach them how to place on a bed you could teach them how to place on a rug you could teach them how to place on a yoga mat you could teach them how to place on a couch whatever it doesn't matter but that's oh, that's okay. that's how you do it but you have to teach him that when you go over and you kind of point and use your direction over here and you say hey place on this that's what the dog has to know but the dog has to know it really well first before okay. you can even think about introducing it while there's distractions. And that's where a lot so, of, yeah, go ahead. I, I assume I have to run through the paces with him. Correct. You know, with heel and everything else and then introduce place. Yep. Well, you, you can, you can introduce it the way I, I typically honestly like to introduce it to 
the dog in like a very I don't know how to explain it. But what what I would do is get a <clears throat> get the dog on the uh on the uh on the leash just like the regular leash that you have, right? Yes. And then you would send the dog to the place and then the stay and then the place and then the stay and then the break and you would kind of like you would you would make it very 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 different each time um, okay. as you go so so what i like to do is get the dog in a place get your treats or whatever or get your dog on a leash and you'd you'd say fritz place and you'd send him over there and you'd pay him and you'd send him over and then you say break and then you set send him over again and then you'd pay him so you but you have to you have to have good handling skills to really teach him these things to a point where he really understands it and this is where your yeah. this is where your body comes in this is where your leash pressure comes in this is where your voice inflection comes in all of these different things kind of come into play when you're it, it's the same thing as like learning how to play guitar i mean yeah put your fingers here and do this but there's so right. many people that can do it differently with more style more finesse and their own kind of avenue of, of doing that that individual thing so you, absolutely you, so you have to really work with him on that to teach him what place is and then but that'll take you like a week in itself and then you and then you develop up from that and you continue to to get better as you go yeah i i'm trying to figure out how to do this because i don't want to confuse him when i when i trained with him before mm-hmm. when we did break it was okay yep and then he would know that was his time but i i want to introduce break because that's you know that that definitely is you know a a command that you know is way different from okay yeah and all you have to do is just say it the same and he'll get it So, so all you have to say is break like that and he'll he'll understand it he'll just pop off um, do you re- recommend those pallets that you use? The ones that are on, you know, real short legs. Do you know what I'm the talking co- the about? The cots, the elevated cots. Yes. Yeah. We recommend them because dogs really like being on that elevated area. Um, mm-hmm. so that's why we, we use those, um, and they're easy for us to clean. So, um, I, I recommend them cause I think it's comfortable for dogs. I think they really, I think they like it. So it's up to you. I mean, you could start right now with a, with a, you can go and grab a towel from the bathroom and get it done too, but you just have to have something different than the, you have to have something different than the ground. That's all. Well, I definitely wanted to check on those elevated cops because, um, they, they appear to be, or I would think they would be cooler for dogs. They are. Yeah. Especially in the the Robbies do not like to be hot. Yeah. So yeah, especially in the hot weather, it's it's nice for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, how do I get him to? Well, this brings me back to one of the videos I watched with you, mm-hmm. and you had said to a woman who was handling her dog mm-hmm. that the problem was that um, she was loving him too much. Mm-hmm. And not being like a leader. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm referring to? <laughs> probably, yeah. I mean, probably every video that I've put out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I'm afraid I'm in that category. Yeah. You know, because um, I I've always felt um, bad for him 
because people are so afraid of him. Mm. And he's always been very sweet and gentle with me. Yeah. And so I do things like every day, at least once a day, I give him like muscle massages. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh, and I wanted to tell you, I, I have never given treat rewards to the dogs. You know, it's all like verbal and mm-hmm. touch. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to use treats? No, I, I don't think it, I don't think it matters. I mean, treats is kind of like, again, another tool to the trade, right? I mean, treats look at it like some people bring a different knife to the kitchen than others. Like, dude, it's really up to you. It's preference. It's, it's treats is just a added thing in the toolbox and some people use them and some people don't, Yeah, but it shouldn't be the pinnacle of everything. So it's really up to, okay. to you. Well, he's the Fritz. The one I'm talking about mm-hmm. is 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he can be a handful. Yeah. And, you know, I've never given him treats because I don't want him to gain more weight because he's already huge. Yeah. You could just say good boy or good heel or good down or good stay. It's fine. Okay. Okay. And so what is your um, recommendation for not loving them too much and starting to be a leader? Well, exactly that, I think, is you would turn down that love and turn up the leadership. So some of the worst cases of – I specialize in behavior modification – and right. working with dogs with behavioral problems um, from all over the world. That's my thing. That's what I do. And right. some of the worst cases I've ever seen are dogs who have gotten too much love and not enough discipline and leadership because they yes. are losing their ever-loving minds, losing it. They literally will go insane because especially when you get a guardian-type dog – like a Rottweiler is everything that they once, everything that they have innately or naturally as a guardian breed is heightened because now they have to protect everybody. So yeah. the way that dogs interact with people um, is is very clear. Now you're going to get many, 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 many different variables of different dogs. Right. You're going to get the dog that goes over to everybody with their tail wagging and their ears back and their head kind of chin up, like smiling, like I can't wait to be pet by you. And they just could have, the, they, they could give two shits who's, who's what and who's where and where they're at as long as somebody's giving them love and attention. Yeah. And they don't have a mean bone in their body and they don't need a lot of training. They're very unicorn. You could train them some basic stuff, right? You know, some leash pressure and some stuff. and But a lot of people don't bring me those dogs right because i'm I'm a a problem solver right it's like the mechanic nobody's gonna bring me something unless it's broke so or if it's acting up so for me like i said when i deal with these dogs that have these quirks and these behavioral issues and these things that people want to modify or change yeah a lot of it and that's why when you asked about the you watched a video of me telling somebody they're giving their dog too much love that essentially means 
typically like when a dog walks into a room and they bark and they lunge and somebody's at the door and they freak out, that's because right. they, what, what else do you want them to do? Right. So this is exact. this is exactly what we're t- talking about right now. Yeah. Where you want your dog to do something they've never seen, heard or done ever in their whole lives. Mm-hmm. So when they act up or they do something that you don't like, or they go off and bark and do whatever, you don't have any control. Right? No. So no. that so you get a dog that looks at you and goes, you have no idea what you're doing. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to respect you. I'm not going to take direction from you. I'm not mm-hmm. going to take orders from you. You don't tell me what we do. I do things. You don't. Sit back, relax, yeah. enjoy the ride. Yeah. And that's what that's the ride you're on with them. And it is. And so that that's where dogs start to get overprotective. They because they so an innate a, a instinctual primal instinct for like a very guardian type dog, shepherd, rottweiler, whatever. Yeah. Mastiff, you know, whatever. They if 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 nobody in the room or in the household is waving their hands saying like hey I'm in charge we're good they will yeah. they will do it yeah and that's the problem is you don't you don't have any control so when somebody no. comes to the door no there's there's no question on who's going to the door to protect the house because you're certainly not right that's that's what they're thinking right. And then you're exactly, and then you're scrambling, pulling back. You know, voices are probably heightened, and it's a it's a very stressful thing. Oh, it is. Right. It is. So it's, all, it's awful. Exactly, because you don't have you don't have a game plan or you don't have any foundation to build off of. So it would okay. be like if crisis struck in a situation or in a company or in the country. Or in the business, and nobody had a game plan. It would be chaos, and that's what it is every single day at your house. So, oftentimes, what people do, like you just said, is you're like, "Well, I love my dog, and and I feel bad for my dog that other people think they're scary, so I give them more attention." So yeah. you're literally saying, "Like, I really don't want a fire, but you're stoking it and throwing wood on it and gas on it." Man, I really yeah. don't want this fire going. And then you're just boop another log, boop another log, can of gas, can of gas. Because your dog is out there walking down the street, doing whatever, and all of a sudden they start reacting, and then you're rewarding the dog. Not only are you rewarding the behavior you don't like, but you're also telling the dog, Please save me, please help me. Please. Yeah. I can't handle this. I can't handle this world. And of course, the Roddy's like, "Okay, sit in the back seat and please be quiet, <laughs> and feed yeah. me and feed me when we get home." So you guys are roommates, right? There's <laughs> there's no there's no real relationship, right? And and so that's that's exactly what happens. And those are the worst cases that I have to deal with, as people come in either carrying their dogs in their hand, or getting dragged in, you know. And 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 if you look at a dog. And you can just tell immediately like where the lines are. I mean, there's just no control. I do what I want yeah. when I want. I'll let everybody know. And Roddies are no joke. They're some of the hardest breeds to work with in the world. 
They're the toughest, tough, one of the toughest dogs, right? And it doesn't, and they're not good dog owners for people who aren't ready to say, Hey, I'm in charge. Yeah. And I think people get confused about what that means. I think people get a misunderstanding of what in charge means and what respect means. I think people just Mm -hmm. assume that in charge means your dog should be afraid of you when you walk in the room and that's terrible sounding and not even close to true. I think if you ask, it's the same thing with kids or like the workplace, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's a respect for the person in charge and they're in charge for a reason. Somebody appointed them. They've been doing it a lot longer. They know what to do. That's, you know, like imagine if we were all on the same page. We're not. We're not all on the same page. Other people have different strengths and weaknesses, and they're appointed to be in charge for a reason. Right? That makes sense. So you have to make sure that when you're when you're dealing with a hundred and fifty pound bodyguard, and you're like, yeah, I don't, sure, okay, right, and there's just no <laughs> control, and then yeah. you're rewarding the dog because people think he's grumpy. It's a nightmare, an absolute oh, nightmare. Yeah. But it's not. It, People think he's more than grumpy. <laughs> right. I'm just being nice. But my point is, Thank is you. if you think it's bad, imagine how he feels to live his life the way that he does every day, constantly on guard, like the Secret Service. And he doesn't. I think ha- it would be horrible. It's, it's horrible. It's horribly stressful for him. Yes. Yeah that that would be awful. I. All right. Um, now I'm feeling really bad for him again. Um, yeah. Well, what you don't want to do when you feel bad for a dog because of the circumstances that you did is go give him love because he doesn't. That's what makes it worse. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want love. He wants leadership. He's like, can some? Does anybody in this house have any idea what they're doing? No. Okay. I guess I'll keep <laughs> handling it. I don't want to, but I will. You know, and, and that's, that's the thing is like, there are some dogs too, who do want to, and they'll overthrow you like the Kali Corsos, like those are infamous breeds for just like, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I handle it? And Roddy's too. I mean, and I think it's, that's what I mean. It's like, I don't really get too. I mean, there are dogs who have certain traits that are pretty consistent, right. Or just, yeah, you know, consistent across the board of being protective or bossy and, you know, but like I said, not every Roddy's the same, but I'm just saying generally speaking. So you have a dog that's out of control, right? So, you, but again, like if we go back to our first kind of conversation of my dog goes crazy when people come over and wants to eat people, I'm like, okay, yeah. that doesn't surprise me at all. What, yeah. what do you want him to do? Well, I want him to go to his place and lay down. I'm like, okay. You know, does he know it? He's like, yeah, No. So that's what I mean is you got to pull back and start working on the things that you want him to do. And then you have to build it up for that reality. Absolutely. Um, what, what do I do about my husband? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my husband, I, I said, I don't, I don't think you like Fritz. And I, he said, yeah. Um, he said, I think Fritz is really, really scary. Yeah, well, I think it's a protective thing. Honestly, like, I, I, it's it's hard to say. Like like I said before, I've had Roddy's the same way. 
Like I've had certain Rottweilers, and I don't want to say it's a Rotty thing, but I have had certain Rottweilers that I've worked with where if if you don't really assert yourself as somebody who's con, you don't have to be like in charge. You just have to be confident because yeah. they they like they eat up. Sometimes they'll just eat up a weak soul. <laughs> they just do. I've seen it like yeah. firsthand. I've seen I've seen dog owners come in terrified of their own dog. And then they, it's hard to That's kind of, sad. yeah, it's, it is. And, and it's, and like I said, so, I mean, it's not just one Roddy. I've, I've seen it in several, several, several Roddies where they're looking at you like, I'm going to test you. And literally, if you don't do the things you need to do, I'm, you know, it's, this is my game. And they look at you and then they'll test you or they'll try to do something or they'll try to intimidate you or whatever. And they, um, <laughs> You got to be careful. So I think it's, but again, it's like if nobody's in charge and you have three different dogs and one of them is a very big, powerful 150 pound male and nobody's putting this dog in, into like real, real training. I know you said you've right. been training him. If you've been training him since he was that old, either your training that you're doing with this person is not working or you guys aren't following through or both. Because a dog that's been training for two years straight should be able to drive a car to the store and get bread and come back. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, I and and I agree with you. We're obvious or I'm obviously um not doing something right. I Fritz is my dog mm. because or my husband considers him my dog. And I do too. And I'm obviously not doing what I need to be doing. And I don't want people to be afraid of him. And I live on these five acres of, you know, woods and a stream. And I can't let him out. Mm -hmm. He has a fenced-in kennel because I'm afraid if somebody comes up the driveway or pulls up to the house that he's going to attack him. Mm -hmm. he, he was a quarantine puppy so we really couldn't socialize him mm -hmm. you know get him around a lot of people and because we're back where we are um we're really isolated so you know we see delivery people and things like that and um i, I you know i don't know how to socialize him in this environment yeah and you don't even, I wouldn't even be focusing on the socialization part. Like you just don't have any control. Yeah. Just do the training. Yeah. Like you, okay. You know, like what you're and here's what I'm hearing is we have a five acre, nice plot of land with a beautiful stream, which is like perfect for a dog. Right. And I won't do the training. So he has to sit in his kennel. Yeah, that's what's I, pretty happening. Pretty much, you're you're exactly right. So, I so again, like you're not going to be able to to so, to socialize them because, you know, from the 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 circumstances that are given, you know, if you live in an area that doesn't get a high amount of people coming over, then regardless of if it's the pandemic or World War Three, you're not you're still not going to be able to get socialization it's not like right. you, you live in manhattan 
where you can go outside <laughs> and, and see a hundred people in 15 minutes, you have yeah. to realize like, all right, re, the re, yeah, I mean, we can say, yeah, okay, it's a pandemic puppy. But again, like you saying that you live in a five acre parcel kind of off the beaten path, you're still not going to get a bunch of socialization anyway. But re, no. but regardless, your training should always go over what happens the dog you're never going to be able to change the instinctual protective drive of the rottweiler when somebody comes to your house but if you have good control over your dog and you have good obedience then you're going to be able to handle the situation appropriately yeah so that's where wonderful yeah and that's where it comes that's where it comes back down to is control like there is no yeah, easy way I to put a hundred and fifty pound male Rottweiler is a liability. Like yeah. regardless of how nice and friendly and sweet they are, they're still such a massive like force to be reckoned with. I mean, they're like little Volkswagens running around your property. Yeah. With teeth. Yeah. So then you get them to be really protective and not listening, then it becomes even more of a liability. I think all dogs are liabilities just in general. Like, you know, they're just, they're animals, right? You never know. And like I said, some of them are like, oh no, this is a, you know, think about, think about insurance that every single person, well, I shouldn't say that 97% of people have health insurance because it's like, yeah, even though you're the healthiest person in the world, shit happens. Like things can happen, right? So dogs, right. dogs are no different. I mean, they're still, they're animals. There's still a risk of something happening. And your insurance should be your 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 e- your control, your e collar training, your on leash training, your off leash training. I mean, how much control do you have? So if you have a dog that has a more likelihood to have a higher, let's say, probability of having an accident or having um, something happen because of their just genetics, then yeah. you better have better liability, which is your control. And if you don't have that, then if something happens, then you're ultimately going to be pinned for it. So exactly. And then and then you're going to you think you feel bad now because people look at your dogs funny because they're looking scary, right? Imagine yep. what's going to happen when you tell your dog to come back when he's chasing the mailman and bites somebody and have to put him down. Or they take him and they put him in quarantine for 2 weeks in the shelter by himself where he can't even turn around in the room. Then you're going to feel even worse. I I would die. That's what I'm saying. Like you got to people don't realize that you're killing them literally with kindness if you don't step up and and and, and again it's it's not the alter, it's not the opposite of kindness is being mean what it is is it's it's leadership and structure and boundaries and so what does that look like that means putting him on a leash and holding him accountable every day until he listens to you yeah. it's like the most basic real information and guidance i can give anybody is put that dog on a leash Ask him to sit and stay and break him through every threshold. Do recall training with him. Teach him new things. Okay. You have to really st- – I mean, if, if there was one word, it would be accountability. Right now, yeah. if you ask him to do something, he's going to look at you like, what are you going to do about it if I don't? Especially if there's something else going on. Oh, exactly. And Which, there's a lot going on here. Exactly. So you he's know, never going to – so he's not listening. Dogs. Yeah. So there you go. So you have a huge responsibility that if you have three dogs running around the house and multiple of them are over 100 pounds and one of them is a liability to a bigger degree, then you really have to make sure 
that you have really good control. So you yeah, have absolutely. to go back. You have to go back down to the basics of okay. teaching the dogs what you want them to do. Because right now it's not even. <coughs> it's not even when my dogs do this. I want them to do this, and they don't. It's when my dogs do this. I'm asking them to do something or I want them to do something they've never even seen before. The picture has never been drawn for them. They've never heard it. Yeah. Hey, I think Fritz was introduced to place at um, the, the boarding mm-hmm. place that he went to, but I didn't follow through. That was my fault. Yeah. Um, he does. I mean, he's, always getting up on the couch with me. So, I mean, I could make that his place, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't recommend the, the, the couch being the place because that's going to put you, that's, what's going to put your husband or anybody else at kind of that risk. Okay. Right. So if you're on the couch and he's on the couch and he knows that you have no, no, zero control. And your husband comes up, and your husband's already a little bit afraid of him. Yeah, he is. He's already wrote him off by him saying, hey, he's your dog, not mine. That's that's him saying, like, I don't want anything to do with that dog, typically. Pretty much. Right? So then what you have to do is you have to realize that if he's sitting next to you on the couch and then your husband comes up, well, then you're making your husband a target. Yeah. So and he that's when he does growl. Mhm. Yeah, cuz he's telling your husband, "Hey, see this girl sitting next to me? She's mine, not yours. Walk away, buddy. Take a hike." And then you're sitting there like petting him like, "Oh, it's yeah, keep doing it." You know? <laughs> so I am petting him and I'm saying, "It's okay, don't growl, no right. growl." So that you know what that means to him? But protect me, please. I have no idea what I'm doing. You're just just keep digging that grave really it's it's dogs don't understand english right I, so if, yeah, he, if he's if he's sitting there doing something and you're touching him and giving him affection and talking to him you're telling him yeah buddy yeah buddy get that guy get that guy out of here growl deeper growl harder bite him harder when he comes close yeah You've told him over and over and over again that this is a great idea. I want you to really go after this guy if he gets close. That makes me feel horrible. Well, you just, it's, yeah, it's the truth. It's the absolute truth. However, however, um, you have to really understand just how things work. And, like I said, that's you're reinforcing behaviors that you don't like because you're a. Right. You, so remember when you asked me about like when I was telling a dog owner to turn the love down, is because right. you're treating him like a human being and he's not. He's a killer. He would go outside and kill the cute little rabbits that bounce around in the yard and eat rabbit poop and like just yeah. savage, right? So when he's sitting on your couch, death growling your husband. And you're touching him and saying, yeah, buddy, good job. Get that yeah. bad guy, right? <laughs> well, then 
yeah, it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And then your husband's going to keep getting, you know, distance and distance and distance. And I don't blame him. So he shouldn't oh, I be don't on, either. He shouldn't be on the couch and you should have different relationship with him that if he does growl at anybody that he's getting corrected and held accountable for that. And that's just what you're not doing right now. No. No. So going back we, to what we were saying in the beginning when you're like, "Oh, I heard you say you know, you're giving your dog too much love and attention." And that that's the exact example of that. It is. And I I do not want him to, um, you know, try to attack my husband or growl at him or anything like that. I also don't want him to <coughs> go after my husband if he corrects the puppy. Right. So Because he's, he's very protective over the puppy. The puppy is actually his brother from a different litter. Mm-hmm. And he is very protective over him. Yeah. Well, again, like when you so if look at your look at your household, right? You have your husband, you have you, you have the three yes. dogs. And let's just say you guys are all even with each other and all of you have a string on you attached to your shirt, whatever, right? Yeah. Okay. Right now. If I were to say, hey, everybody in this group, who makes the rules? I know I know Fritz is gonna go whoop, he's gonna rise above everybody real quick. I don't know about the other dogs. But, no, he will. Right? So it it doesn't matter if it's growling at your husband for correcting the puppy, or you gotta realize Fritz makes the rules. Yeah. So I don't care if you cook the if you cook overcook the spaghetti, Fritz is gonna say, Hey, cook it again. It's his house. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't matter. Like you I do. don't don't go so singular too much. Just realize that anything that Fritz doesn't like, he's gonna let you know about it. So it's not like it's not a question of why does Fritz care that my husband corrects the puppy? It's because Fritz makes the rules. So it, it we can sit here all day and say like what is Fritz going to care about what he's not going to care about? Why does he care about this more? That shouldn't even be the question. The question is is your dog is now predicating how your humans react in your house, which is which is horrible <laughs> to to everybody. So I have to start at the beginning and start all over again with obedience. Correct. Because the obedience is going to help develop your relationship, right? So the way that you, the way that dogs interact with people, is through again, like they don't speak English. You can't sit down and say, "Hey, let's have a conversation." You have yeah. to go out and talk to them on the leash. You have to go out, get them on a leash. Hey, let's go this way. Nah, I don't want to go. Bang, correction. Whoa, yeah. really? Right? Those are the types of things that set the tone immediately, especially for dogs like this. Right, so when we yeah. t- when we talk about different types of training styles, different ideologies, different teams, if you will, of positive only and and punishment and however you want to describe it, you have a dog like Fritz, and then you use positive reinforcement only, which is encouraging behaviors. It would be a nightmare, a nightmare, nightmare. Which is what I've been doing. Right, which is why you're at where you're at. I just I just worked with a I worked with a puppy a couple months ago where this is a terrible gutted gross story 
only by behavioral circumstances. I had this girl reach out to me and she said, Hey, I have a service dog puppy that I'm raising. Uh, it's the cool, it's like a really nice dog and mm-hmm. I need help. And I ended up meeting with her at my facility and yeah. I said, what's the deal? She said, well, here's the puppy. He's seven months old and he's a nightmare. He's all over the place. He's jumping. He's pulling. I can't walk him. I'm supposed to be raising this puppy for service dog work and I can't bring him in public. And when I do, I want to pull my hair out and I want to let him go. <laughs> and <laughs> I said, okay, what's the deal? How's the training going? Well, so she gets out and this dog drags her all the way down the road, all the way down oh, the no. front parking lot. And I'm like, okay. So I said, well, it's a, it was like a, it was like a 60 pound dog probably. And yeah. just pulling and pulling. My point is, is I said, well, you're on a martingale collar. I said, you need to go to something else because this dog is going to outrun you. She goes, yeah. oh, I can't, the, the organization won't let me use anything but a martingale. Oh, really? And I said, well, are you a professional handler or a trainer? No. I said, okay, well, you're screwed. <laughs> I said, yeah. so really? I ended up using the prong collar. She's like, no, we can use it. I just, you know, and I ended up using it. And this dog tuned up in two seconds. And it was the night. Wow. And we got it. We can't post it, but we got it on film. It's amazing. And this dog was so, I wanted to take this dog home with me, which is saying a lot. I loved this dog. Such a stud of a dog. Very, very, very nice <laughs> dog. My point is, is there's my point by saying that is there's some dogs who are not going to do well with being they. You give them an inch, guess what? They take the whole three freaking miles, right? Right. And, right. and so that's what Fritz is, right? It's the same thing as this dog. And so my, my point is, is there's different ends of the spectrum. You're going to get a service dog that loves everybody, that wants to kiss everybody, that you could let go into a preschool and he'd be laying on his back, you know, peeing on himself yeah. with excitement. And then, but it's a nightmare still for the, it's just as much of a nightmare for the owner as it is for you. You're just on the other end of the spectrum. And yeah. what what helps and or stops and or corrects this is giving the dog some sort of accountability. Mm-hmm. It's just like with you, right? So this other dog was pulling pulling this owner down the road. Couldn't do anything with the dog. But a beautiful dog, right? And same but she yeah. couldn't hold the dog accountable. Yeah. She couldn't teach the dog that it was wrong. And same thing with you. Same thing with Fritz. When yeah. Fritz does this you have no accountability. So that's what you have to do is you have, you have to get back to again. And the way that I kind of frame this isn't really fair for anybody. When I say you're giving the dog too much love, because then what I think, I think people just think the contrary of love is, you know, fear or whatever. It's not, it's just accountability and structure. If you don't. And I did get that from your video. I, cool. You know, I didn't think it was, you know, the opposite. Good. That's what you have to do is you have to start holding this dog accountable to some degree. And so, yeah, equipment is going to help. Definitely with a 150-pound dog, you're not going to be walking around with a freaking string or harness because you're you're doomed. So right. you're going to get a prong collar. You're going to start doing some directional changes. And these are the types of things that I'm talking about <coughs> is you, yeah. c- you come out on the leash and you say, hey, Fritz, we're going to go this way. 
and you say heal or come or let's go or whatever your cue is, yeah. Fritz says, mm, please be quiet. I'm going this way. <laughs> you know, just a nice way to say shut up. Oh, what's the – so and then, boom, they get corrected with the prong collar and they get right. that pressure. And then the dog turns around and looks at you and you say, hey, let's go. And they go, oh, okay. So for the first time in the dog's life, you held them accountable for what you wanted. So that, that's where confidence comes in. Right. So when we talk about your dog growling and going after people when they come in, they may not have confidence in you because you say, Hey, Fritz, let's go this way. He goes, Yeah, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a minute. So it's, <laughs> there's no, you know, but then you, then you see some parenting that's like, Hey, do this. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Got it. Done. Consider it done. No problem. They take it very seriously. Why? Because there's accountability, there's respect, there's structure. Right. If you just ask your kid, just like your dog, Hey, I want you to do this. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Homework. Yeah, tomorrow. Clean up your dishes. Yeah, tomorrow. Get to school on time. Eh, maybe next year. Just constantly yeah. pushing and pushing and pushing. So then your relationship is that, right? It's just, hey, I want you to do something. Nah, nope. Mm-mm. Exactly. And that's where the accountability comes in. So what do you do with a 150-pound dog? Well, you don't use a harness. You don't use your voice. You hold them accountable. If you say, hey, I want you to come and you're on the leash, and they don't, you correct them for that. They go, oh, shit, sorry, and they come to you. You say, no, no, I, you don't, con-, because that, that's where, this is where the rubber meets the road for you, is I think before, or even maybe now, you're like, oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, like he wants to go do this, or he wants to go do that, and that's, that's kind of that other humanizing type of thing that I was talking about earlier about right. giving the dog too much love, where if you go right, and you say Fritz heel, and he goes left, and he gets corrected, and then he gets upset, and you know you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right? No, that shouldn't be like that. He's yeah. You asked him to do something, and he didn't do it, and that's a problem. Now, why is it a problem on the big scale? It's a problem on the big scale because if you have somebody over and you say Fritz, I want you to place and stay. Everything that's where everything comes in. Yeah. Like if you if you're if you're an athlete and you're terrible in practice and you can't do anything that you need to do and you can't run the drills, you're not going to get played because you're not Mm-mm. good enough for the game. And that's that's why you have to take training very seriously when nobody's around. When you ask a dog to do something, don't just ask them because it's Yeah, I see that all the time. People say come, and the dog's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right." Well, that's damaging to your relationship. Um, to a very big degree because you just asked your dog to do something, whatever that is. They said no, and you said okay. So yeah. now so now, copy and paste that. Here's, here's the equation. Asking your dog to do something, what does your dog do? If your dog doesn't listen, don't be upset or frustrated that your dog doesn't listen when you need him to. Yeah. Yeah, he... Um... I've gotten upset with him a a couple of times and he takes it really hard. Mm -hmm. And and when I say upset, it's just basically not showing him all the attention and love that I usually do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Tough life, right? Yeah, it is. Um, how often should I work on the training aspect? Because I know dogs get stressed 
and they get fatigued. Well, just I would just do it for like 10 minutes throughout the day as often as okay. you can. Okay. And, and that sounds wonderful. Yeah. You just, so again, th- think about it like this. The way that your training needs to be right now is you have two different avenues. The first avenue is, is you have to teach him what you want him to do. So when reality hits, recall's good, place and stay are good, leave it's good, heal's good. There's that. But again, there's a bigger picture of you flipping the role and teaching him that you know what you're doing. And when you ask him yeah. to do something, you're going to hold him accountable. Right now, if you ask him to do something and he doesn't do it, you're like, ah, maybe later. That's, that's why he is the way he is. Every okay. single dog that are like this, there's the same variable of the person trying to figure out, <laughs> well, all I, you know, it, it's the same thing. It's, it's like clockwork. So that's what you have to, you have to really focus on. Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right. He has made himself the leader of the house. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know, you know, I need to start all over and teach him that, you know, I have accountability and, you know, I'm the leader. Yeah. And just by very, very, very basic stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he... He outweighs me by like 50 pounds, <laughs> which yeah. is, is tough. But like I said, he's very, very obedient on the leash. So, yeah. I good. mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. So you got to keep him on the leash for a while. Yeah. I, I'll keep him on the leash all the time if I need to. Mm-hmm. And then, And then you start transferring... You know, to other things. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. Do you recommend that slip leash that you use? Because I've seen you use it like every time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. Uh, I I don't think. I, I I just think he's too powerful for you in that. Like that's like if you get a slip leash. So yeah. there's there's different forms of pressure. And again, every single dog is different. Every handler is different. And every vir- environment is different. So you yeah. have three different things kind of coming into play when you're talking about working with the dog and handling the dog. And you have to make sure that, do I have a dog that can outpower me if they want to? Yes. Yeah. Do I have a do, do I have a piece of equipment that can overpower my dog when they try to outpower me? And that's where the consequences comes in. Some dogs are very, 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 um, let's say, sensitive or aware to leash pressure and that little pop, mm-hmm. that little pop that you do. They go whoa. Typically, they're smaller dogs, medium to small dogs. Okay. So if he decided to overpower you and you lose leverage you kind of go back to square one because you said hey do this and he's like do i have to pulls through your correction you pull back he's like yeah i don't give a shit about this yeah and then if you use something with more surface pressure like a prong collar then it's going to give you more leverage and ultimately it's going to be safer like i was telling you with that service dog that dog not only was dragging his owner all over the place they couldn't 
actually work on service dog stuff because of the 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 regulations from the company saying no train it with this flat collar and yeah it was unsafe for the dog because the dog was choking himself out oh geez so that's why the prong collar and the slip collar and some applications so my point is is i'm gonna i'm gonna say no to you i would say the prong collar is gonna be better but that doesn't mean that it always has to be the prong. It just means you have a novice handler with a very giant, big, powerful, 150-pound, massive, muscle dog. So I'm going right. to give you the highest control, which would be the prong collar, which you should probably get like a 3.0 Herm Springer prong collar with a safety clip and a four-foot training leash. Okay, because I wondered you had said a 2.0 with one of the no, people. A two, two point, thought, yeah, okay. 2.25. Is the um is two point two five is the typical like smaller prong collar, but you're gonna get the three point or the three point two. Okay, you had said that you prefer the smaller prongs because um it it has a better surface area. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is that is that still the same with him? No, he's too big. And you have to, like, you have to, you, again, like your timing has to be really, 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 really good in order, in order to like use that effectively on that big of a dog. Okay. So, uh, a 3.0 or a 3.2. Correct. Can do. Not a problem. And we have Um, the, I think we have the 3.2 or the 3.0 Kurrigans on our website. Oh, do you? I think so. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Um, do you have those um, place cops on your website? No, not? we don't, unfortunately. Um, but you can get those off Chewy or Amazon. Okay. I'll look for that. Um, now, can I bring up a different dog? Sure. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Zeus is my... German Shepherd. He's he's small for a shepherd. And he is extremely timid. But he can get in some vicious fights with the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where with Fritz, he actually lost a canine. Mm-hmm. And I I'm not okay for for one thing, I have a, a daughter that turned 41 yesterday that mm-hmm. is severely disabled. Mm-hmm. And every time she makes a sound, she can't talk or anything like that. He goes insane and jumps up on my lap or on the back of the couch. or I mean, he I, I don't know how to desensitize him. Because she's always going to be doing this. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how to desensitize him to the sound of her voice and how to get him under control with that. Well, how much control do you have? Zip. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So I set you up for that. But, I mean, it's the same thing, right? We'll talk Mm -hmm. talk about it really in a second. But it's the same thing. Is Well... my dog is reacting to X, whatever X is, squirrels, dogs, kids, 
okay. mailman, whatever. My dog is is reacting to X. I need to control gotcha. it. Okay, then and then I come back to say, well, how much control do you have? And then you say, none. I say, well, you can't control your dog with nothing going on. How are you going to control your dog with X? Makes absolute sense. So you have to go back. Now, let's say you had great control. Let's say your obedience was great. Let's say Zeus place downstay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Then what you would do is you would understand to say like, especially with dogs, some dogs really don't like, they don't like some noises. Like, especially, let's just say like some dogs don't like kids or some dogs don't like certain people because of their mannerisms and how they move and how they talk and whatever. It doesn't matter. Again, don't right. focus so much on like, why Zeus? It's my daughter, right? Just say, okay, he yeah. doesn't like X. So how can you counter X? And again, if I turn around and say, hey, how's your, this, we don't have anything. We got nothing. So it's, I want my dog to, to behave and be very well-mannered under these circumstances, but I, yeah. haven't, I haven't taught my dog how to behave. That's, what, that's the equation. They cancel each other out. They don't, it doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you came in to my facility and you said, hey, I want my dog to, to act like this and stop doing this. And I said, okay, how much work have you put in and how much does your dog understand with you? Zero. So, okay, well, we got to start there and come back in a couple months and we'll talk about it. Yeah. But that's, that's the reality is, is you got to have control. A lot of people think out of all the conversations that I have with people is it's kind of mechanical almost where they're like, I have a problem. How do I turn it off? Yeah. It's just not like that. It's, it's a development. It's the same thing as wanting to get into the best shape of your life. And you call a personal trainer, you call a nutritionist or whatever, right? Or you call the gym. You're like, yeah. hey, I want to lose 50 pounds by next week. What do I need to do? <laughs> and it's like, well, that doesn't work like that. Like you got to build that up. You got to build that. <laughs> and it's the same thing with people too. Like as a human or as, as a person, right? Walking the earth, it's not like you can come up, hey, trust me. I don't know. Just trust me. Well, I don't, you have to work on everything in life. It doesn't just happen. Right. So with, especially when we're talking about behavioral work, now there's a significant, significant difference between behavioral work and obedience. Right. Yeah. So that's what you need to do is you need to work on both. You need to yeah. work on the obedience to help the behavior. Right. And so yes. there's, thousands and thousands of, of dog trainers out there that are really great at obedience. They're like, look what I can do. The flashy heels and the placing and doing all, but, and that's great, but that's not going to help the majority of people out there that are having problems with their dog. That's just going to, yeah, cause he's been, he's been trained, you know, as much as Fritz mm -hmm. and, and can go through the obedience commands right. and everything else. Exactly. So there's, there's two things I want to add to that. Is, is it doesn't matter what your dog can do with obedience until unless you can actually do it in reality, right? Yeah. So you have to make sure, like what I specialize in is behavior. So I don't yes. go out there and say, look, give me your dog and look what I can do. I say, hey, this is the problem you're having with your dog and here's how I'm going to help you make it better. And if you don't yeah. put in the work, it's not going to get better, period. So that's where you have to start putting in the work. And... You also have to make sure that you spent so much money on training already 
you got to really tap into that that core training because it doesn't it's the same thing with our board and train program we tell people all the time we are just getting your dog to a point where they're doing the things that you want them to do for us but we didn't right. just train a computer so when you take it home it's going to act the same yeah so that's not how it works your dog is going to listen to us because we're professionals and we just gave your dog a <clears throat> crash course of training that they've never had over the last two months yeah or two weeks or three weeks or whatever and now you have to to take the the torch and and get it done so again like if your dog has the foundation that's great because a lot of the hard work is out of the way but now but now what you have to do is you have to go back in and say okay now i can do this so exactly and um you know the, the to be honest um, after they were trained, I worked with them and worked with them. And then at some point I figured they know what they're supposed to do. And I got lazy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, you know, some of the problems arose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. They're, they're like little children. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to constantly be on it yeah and training exactly and 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 again it's just like with people like think about think about literally anything that you want to do your writing skills uh your running skills whatever and anything that you do if you get to like peak performance where you're like oh this is i'm doing great and then you start to regress which is natural everybody regresses dogs regress too you're not in that you know same thing with a boarding train there's gonna it's like it's like driving a car off the lot brand new car off the lot it automatically is going to regress and depreciate it just right it just is what it is so when we when we bring a dog through training and they're training every single day with the professional handler and the timing is good and everything's good as soon as we hand that leash off to the owner it's going to regress immediately because they're not the same so with you, you you've got that foundation you just have to go back through and what i would do is get the dogs out individually that's what I was going to ask yep. you individually. Yep. Get them out individually and work with them on these things and take your time. Do 10 okay. do 10 minute sessions with each of them and just rotate them. And then once you feel really good with them, then start bringing them in together. Okay. I I haven't taken the puppy, Teddy, um through any kind of training yet. Mhm. He does know sit Stay and and down. Um, but obviously, I've got to teach him a lot more. Yeah, and I want him picking up um, bad habits from Fritz or Zeus. So I obviously need to really try. Well, I mean, he's nine months old and he's already ninety-five pounds. Yep. Um, you know, so he's going to be a big, powerful dog and I'm going to need to get some control over him. Yeah, it's, it's exactly like the same thing that we were talking about before with the other dogs is it's not going to be, you know, you can add four more dogs to the mix and it's like, oh, I'm having all these problems. And it's, 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 you, it's the, it's the foundation work. It's all it is, is it's, it gets back down to the foundations how much work are you doing with them individually and how much do they know? Yeah. And and that makes sense. 
we raised the Siberian Husky puppies uh-huh. with Zeus. They were the same age. And um, my granddaughter had taken him. And apparently, she's kind of abandoned him. Okay. So we're going to be taking him back into the house. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to have to do the same thing with, I, as far as I know, he's never had training. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do the same thing. Yep. Yeah, it's the same thing. But, you know, Huskies are one of the harder breeds to train in the world. Oh, heck yeah. So. We, we've had Huskies. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so it's the same thing is you got all these dogs and, and, you know, really what it comes back down to is how much work you're putting in. It's not going to be a, let uh, you know, let's wait it out and see what happens type thing. It's going to be, you know, assertive boots on the ground. Let's figure this out. Well, I'm going to have to start and start rotating them individually. And, um, I, I've got a lot of work to do before that happens. Yep. Well, I, I really, really thank you for this. I, I really do. Yeah, no worries. No problem at all. It's uh, my pleasure to help. I hope it I hope it does help. I hope that you can, you know, really work on it moving forward. It'll help, and I'll email you with the progress. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and I'll keep watching your videos. All right, thank you. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast where I'm going to be answering your dog training questions. If you guys want me to answer your specific dog training questions, super simple. All you have to do is head on over to the iTunes podcast review column under this show and leave your review and a question. It's the only way you can really ask me things here. All right, this comes in. Appreciate your dialogue, Missy and Pups. I have an anxious husky shepherd who is turning two, and we have worked hard on finding resources for training him because we love this dog. He's sweet, but has some mental health issues that we are very that are very genetic-based. We know mama, dog, that's a whole other story. I appreciate when you talk to people and go, let's look at maybe why the discussion of the genetics being a factor. It's very matter of fact, and it's factored in to be figured all that stuff out. I had a trainer tell me that our boy was genetically broken and we should just sequence him out from everyone and everything forever. But he was a balanced dog trainer and never met my dog. And it's been hard emailing back and forth. So we've been trying to get a hold of him. So hearing you acknowledge that genetics are a contributing factor and continue con- to go through the different layers and how to deal with stuff is really refreshing to me. Thank you. If you happen to know any balanced dog trainers in Washington State, let me know. You know, it's interesting. Washington's one of the states that I get requested for the most. It's also one of the st- – actually, it is the state – that I get asked about balanced dog trainers in general, because it sounds like it's very, very, very polluted with, um, positive only trainers, which again, as you guys know, is, is very limited to what they can do. So it's unfortunate, but, um, I don't know anybody off the top of my head, but we will be out there this fall. All right. The next one comes from Otter Ball. Excellent educational podcast. Love the podcast, especially the segments with Force Mickey. It's helped me and my dog so much. Question for you. I live in the Southwest and do a lot of off-leash hiking with rattlesnakes in their habitat. Because of my dogs can't be quite far from me at times, I'm interested in rattlesnake aversion training. I have an 11-year-old lab, not e-collar trained, and a 1-year-old plot hound started e-collar conditioning. Do you have any advice on appropriate e-collar levels in creating lasting aversion? 
would you would you approach it differently from a dog that has been e-collar conditioned or not? Since I might not always be close to them if they can learn to avoid rattlers on their own. Um, I particularly two things is I don't have anything. I don't have any content on this just because I'm not. I don't do this type of training and I kind of stay in my lane as you guys know. So I don't have anything in particular that I can advise. Although, um, I, I would just really go to answer one question out of this is the e-collar conditioning is going to be far different for the off leash training as it is for the aversion training for the, for the rattlesnakes. So there's that. Um, but I would highly suggest just looking, I know in Arizona, they have a lot of people who do this type of training. So I'm not sure exactly where you're at, but I would just reach out to, um, somebody like, even if they're not even in your state, I would reach out or email them and just say like, Hey, is there any, uh, content or is there any things that I can look up to, you know, help me understand the things I need to be doing with this. And that's what I would do. Sorry. But yeah, I, I don't try to, touch on anything I don't know about best dog training channel trying my best time I've been watching your YouTube since my dog was a puppy your videos have helped us a lot so thank you so much I really see I recently started listening to your podcast and it's been very helpful my dog is almost three and he started to show leash reactivity towards other dogs and people around two and a half he is not always reactive I've done a lot of obedience training and I still continue and the problem showed up and this problem showed up he is he was nervous submissive but a friendly overall dog when he was a puppy, and now that he's more nervous and reactive. I found the trainer that will start board and train program. The trainer said he's not confident and anxious and has a bad relationship with me, meaning the dog. I didn't completely understand that problem until I myself listened to podcast number 83. My question is, do you think that some dogs need intensive or extensive training to fix the relationship with its owners? Does the training kind of reset the mindset? He's going for 10 weeks. Um, this this uh, is a good question. I, I, I think it's good for, for dogs to, to reset and go and get the structure from a professional. Um, however, uh, if it is a, if it is a problem solely based off of your relationship with the dog, then a lot of this is really going to be predicated on your relationship. So you should be spending more time with the actual dog, uh, and the trainer rather than you know, giving the dog off for 10 weeks. So I think it's going to be good. I think you're going to see what your dog is capable of as far as obedience. But as we talked about in this particular podcast that you just listened to, there's a lot of things that you also have to make sure that you're aware of that a dog boarding train program is simply to set the dog up for success and really make sure that the dog knows the things that the dog should know. But it's up to you to make sure that you actually follow through. So if you're doing all the same stuff and the dog goes back to you, it's only a matter of time before you regress back to where you were, unfortunately. So I would highly recommend that if you are going to work with this board and train trainer and whatever else you're doing, um, just really make sure that you're actually spending time with the trainer to teach you how to do the things. Because just because you spend a bunch of money and your dog spends 10 weeks at a board and train center does not mean that it's going to fix your relationship. That means that your dog is going to listen to better, listen better to the trainers that are working the dog. So just keep that in mind. And, uh, all right, you guys, thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week or I'm sorry, I'll catch you Wednesday. So make sure you guys, uh, add your questions to the review charts. Let's get into it. All right, guys, talk to you. Bye. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.